the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Manatee High School football is a force of nature. It's time to feel the power with Hurricane Hotline. Live from Beef O'Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton. Hosted by Dave Bristow and Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now. 877-969-8600. And now, here's Dave Bristow and Coach John Booth. A very pleasant good evening, everyone. We are live from Beefo Brady's, and I apologize. We've had some technical issues tonight, but we are with you now. And we'll be with you for the next, uh, oh, about 40 minutes, talking Manatee Hurricane football. I'm joined by Manatee head coach John Booth and special teams coach Dennis Stallard. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Yeah, it's a little bit of a problem getting on, but we're on, so that's good news. And uh, we're going to talk playoff football because the Hurricanes have advanced to the second round. John, it's now the Sweet 16. And, boy, it whittles down in a hurry, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yeah, we went from uh, 32 teams to 16 teams. And... um, we go from playing Vero Beach, uh, we play them Friday night, we played Fort Pierce, and two teams we're very familiar with. And before we talk about Vero Beach, we'll talk about Fort Pierce. And that game, we came out, we took the lead early, and then they kind of fought back into it, and then we got a big run from Johnny uh, late in the game to kind of seal the deal. Right, yeah. We, uh, I, I, was, I was really happy with how we started the game. Um, uh, one of the one of the things that we have kind of stressed this week is is, is really kind of finishing. Um, I thought we, uh, we we did a nice job of uh, of getting in, um, you know, getting in the, with a the touchdown, but uh, we missed uh, we missed an opportunity to put the ball in the end zone with uh, with the punt return because of uh, two blocking the backs. Uh, we missed an opportunity to score late in the uh, in in the first half. Um, where we have a nice big play, um, and then we have a receiver that's not on the line of scrimmage, so uh, that gets called back. And then we, uh, in addition to that, we have a, a block in the back. So instead of having the ball on the plus 30 with a chance to go up three scores into the first half, um, now we're punting from the, the minus 30. And so um, it was. Uh, I told the guys after the game, it, it's nice to, to see when, when we need a big play, our guys came through and made that big play, but uh, certainly something we need to stress this week is, is finishing drives, finishing uh, series, and then ultimately finishing the game. And of course, the weather not cooperating yesterday. You... Yeah, we uh, we were under a tornado watch, and it kind of forced everybody to to go home. And and uh, we we're fortunate that the the watch lifted at eight p.m. and and we were able to get a night practice in and and uh, get some work. Uh, and it, you know, obviously, it would be uh, uh, pretty tough when you're going into a second round of playoff game and not being able to practice on a Monday. So uh, I was happy that we were able to get in there at least uh, for a little bit Monday night, um, and then had some chilly weather uh, this afternoon. Oh, but, uh, yeah. 
but all in all, least, yeah, right? all in all, it was a pretty good practice for us. Uh, Dennis Stallard, uh, you were of course uh, with us last year when we traveled over to Fort Pierce, and uh, what a tough, tough loss. So it was nice to um, get them back this year. Well, and I think for our kids especially, uh, there was some there was some satisfaction in being able to do that. I've heard our kids throughout the year mention uh, a time or two. You know, they want to see Fort Pierce Central again. They they felt like uh, you know we got Josh hurt last year. You know, the first series of the ball game and. It was like there was unfinished business, so to speak, that they wanted to take care of. Yeah, no question about it. And, boy, you've had um, really good play from your unit all year long. I mean, Nick Knoll, has been, he, he's had a fantastic year. Uh, kick returns, punt returns. You've got to be pretty happy with how all that's gone this year. Well, I th- we're very fortunate, Manatee, in, uh, in that, you know, John continues and, and Coach Canan, of course, gave me the opportunity to be a special teams coach, and there aren't a lot of schools that have a person who can spend time during the day with with long snapper, kicker, and they're not position players either. So we have a chance to work on our trade all throughout the day, and I think that's special as opposed to a position player who ends up and maybe you know he kicks a couple of punts before or after practice. I have my guys, and we can look at film. We can break that down. I think that's a tremendous advantage. Well, Nick Knoll has been fantastic all year. We've talked about him quite a bit. And, you know, is it nice having a guy that does everything? I mean, he punts, he kicks off, he kicks field goals, he does it all. It's nice, and I don't think people realize how how difficult it is. It's it's really two different strokes. You're a, a soccer guy kicking the ball on PAT field goal and on kickoffs, and then punters are actually different that stroke is detrimental really if you're going to be a punter it's a straight on stroke and a lot of guys have trouble trying to do both if you look in college dave you don't find a lot of guys that do everything you have the pat field goal kickoff guys and then you have the punt guys and it's it's sort of rare to have a guy who can actually do it all for us. We're thankful he's with us. Yeah, and he's had uh, he's had a good year, and he's only a junior. That's the good news, John. You yeah. have him back. Now let's talk a little bit about um, you know Fort Pierce coming into this game. On paper, they had played an excellent schedule, mm-hmm. so you knew they were going to give you a good shot. And they came out, and I think they their quarterback was off, and I think our defense had something to do with that. Right. In the second half, it's almost like he flipped the switch, and man, he was back to uh, being you know very very accurate and a good quarterback. Well, yeah, certainly uh, did a great job down the stretch and, and uh, gave them an opportunity to uh, you know tie the game and, and you know potentially take the lead. Um, I thought we did a great job of, of creating some pressure, particularly in the first half. Um, forced him to throw. Uh, you know, he, he overshot a couple, undershot a couple. Um, and uh, we were able to, you know, to get them to punt the ball. But, um, you know, he came back in the second half and, and made some terrific throws. I thought really his his two touchdown passes were just, I mean, just beautiful. We had great coverage. Um, you know, our corners were in position. Uh, he just put it in a place where their receiver was the only guy that could really catch it, and, and they made some great catches. So they're they're a good football team, and they they have some they have great staff, and, and they're well coached, and um, you know they they did a good job executing. They got a lot of younger players too. Mm-hmm. So I was reading that in the paper from over there. Right. The fact that they're probably going to be pretty good next year. Yep. We have no idea 
if we'll see Fort Pierce again because they're going to be mixing the right. districts, the classifications up, and who knows where we'll be, where they'll be. But uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind getting away from them for a little while. Uh, you know, it's just that, especially the first round, Dennis, having to go all the way over there last year, them having to come all the way over here. Now Vero, fortunately, has to come over here. And, um, you know, it's, that's a long trip. Well, one of the things I had heard was the FHSAA, when they did all the redistricting, it's, they were taking into consideration travel time and expenses and so forth, and that seems to fly in the face of our, our district and our region because you've got two teams that have to make a four-hour bus ride. To well, yeah, first for the first game. round, that that's kind of ridiculous. But it is what it is, and fortunately we're home for the first two games this year. Right. And that'll be Vero Beach on Friday night. But, John, let's talk about our players of the game, Quanzy Jackson and Johnny Lang. Mm-hmm. Boy, Johnny Lang was phenomenal. Um, a season high for him as far, well, career high as mm-hmm. far as yards, over 230 yards. But the last run he had was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, we kind of say as we're watching film, it's, it's vintage Johnny, um, you know, making some guys miss, breaking some tackles, and, and kind of tiptoeing down the sideline. Um, one of the things that we were stressing that drive um, up, up seven, um, you know, kind of going into our four-minute offense, you know, get first downs, uh, but stay inbounds. And, um, you know, Johnny did a good job of, you know, getting inside the corner, um, cutting vertical, uh, just kind of lowered his shoulder, and I think, you know, was waiting to probably get tackled, and, and guys just kept bouncing off him. But he did a great job of keeping his legs churning and, and um, you know, ultimately getting in the end zone. Um, yeah, I, I think that run was fabulous, and the long touchdown to Cavius Price from Sloan Drummonds, that was a crucial part of the game. They had fought back. They right. had the momentum. And all of a sudden, we snapped. Well, we it. needed a big play, and and uh, you know that was something that we tried to to isolate Kelvin, um, you know, specifically on that play. We did it a little bit earlier, a few plays earlier, uh, but their safety did a nice job of of kind of cheating over to Kelvin's side, and we put probably a little too much air on it. Um, he was able to break it up. Uh, we called it a little bit later. Uh, Sloan did a great job of recognizing the safety. Um, coming over the top of Kelvin and um, looked him off and, and found Cavius um, with a uh, you know hitch convert to a, a go route and um, you know he made a great throw. Cavius obviously made the great catch and, and catch and run. And he also made a great throw for Kelvin McKnight catching it in the end zone. He you know he yep. can really we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but let me just reiterate he can throw the deep ball as, as good as any quarterback i've seen well before. yeah that was a that was a great throw early in the game um i think probably one of the uh, one of the best ones I, I would say is is the third and 16 that we had late um we ended up fumbling uh late in the game and and um put us back to a, a third and long and we needed to we needed to convert uh, to, to make sure we keep the clock going. At that point, we were only up seven. Um, and uh, Sloan threw a nice ball, put it right on a rope, um, outside shoulder, and, uh, and and Kelvin made a great catch. But that one really it extended our drive, and um, and then Johnny ultimately scores at the end of it. Quanzy Jackson, what can we say about him? Um, you know, the entire defense, uh, the first half especially, they played tremendous. Again, you have to give Fort Pierce credit. They probably made a few adjustments and basically their quarterback just started playing well well yeah uh, but i thought uh, i thought for the for the most part our, our defensive line played great and uh were able was able to get pressure on him and and, and create some some hurries and and uh Kwanzie, i think finished with with two sacks uh, again 
you know, seems kind of commonplace now uh, with with Quanzi. He's playing. He's playing so great. But uh, yeah, they were able to get some pressure on him. That was one of the tough things that you know we kind of knew going into this week was uh, we, we can we can get some pressure on him, but we're gonna have to contain him. Uh, he did a nice job um, in the second half, kind of stepping outside the pocket and and throwing the ball downfield. Um, but uh, you know, in that first half in particular, I thought we did a really nice job of getting pressure on him. Yeah, uh, we've got him for 21 sacks now. I, I think that's accurate for the year. That was going into last oh, week, in, and so okay. he, he had another two more, yeah. 23. So um, we'll update that. Uh, 23 sacks. Now, Dennis, you're like me. You go way back with Manatee football. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, have you guys talked about the, you know, the sack record? I mean, you know, I mean, I know you don't talk a lot about individuals, but I can't remember – 23 sacks in a season. I don't know what Dossie and some of those guys Blake Keller had, but 23 sacks, that's getting up there. It is, and I don't have any specific numbers either, Dave. We'll to have give to try to go that. back into the archives. We would have just to. out of curiosity yeah. because uh, that's a lot of sacks, and as a unit, uh, a ton of sacks, John. Um, just yep. uh, the defense keeps keeps on keeping. Yeah, they do a great job of getting off the ball and, and uh, creating the pass rush, but you know, one of the things that uh, you know often goes uh, unnoticed are, are the hurries. You know, we right. you know we've got 44 sacks. Uh, you know, that uh, going into last week and, and over 60 hurries, um, which you know obviously if we're we're putting the pressure on the quarterback, that's either making him scramble, it's, it's uh, you know forcing some inerrant throws um, to where we can you know get some turnovers that way. And one thing that impresses me too about Quincy, he has a lot of tackles. Yeah, and a lot of times defensive ends, you know. They're not up there as far as the leading tacklers go, right. but boy, he is. <laughs> he's not. He's not a one-trick pony. No, no. And um, well, let's uh, start turning our attention to Vero Beach. But before we do, we're going to throw our first trivia question out. We were talking about Johnny Lang having a fabulous game, uh, over 230 yards. There was uh, somebody who had uh, an amazing game in college football. A former Manatee running back. I need to know who that running back is where he plays college football, and who he had that great game against this past Saturday, okay? And maybe even how many yards he had, okay? We we're going to throw it all out there. Uh, Gene, let's see if we got your wireless going. Gene's wondering. we got a lot of people raising their hands. We're out here on the uh, west side of the wall. <laughs> all right, tell us your name. My name is Garrett Ware. All right, and who is it? Leon Allen, he had 355 yards against Army, three touchdowns. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, for, and who does he play for? WKU. Yeah, Western Kentucky. <laughs> Thank you, great job. And uh, we're going to talk, when Gene talks to Johnny, we'll talk, because Johnny used to come and watch Leon play, and uh, actually, Johnny, I don't know if uh, Johnny was a freshman when Leon was a senior. No, Johnny was in eighth grade, I think. Yeah, so he missed Leon by a year. Leon, of course, uh, was one of our leaders on the state championship team. But amazing statistics, over 350 yards, 33 carries, and he is really piling up the yardage. And let me say this to all, all you out there that think you have to be a four- and five-star recruit, Leon Allen was a two-star. Now, I never understood that, why he was a two-star recruit. He kind of was a late bloomer, wasn't he, Dennis? Uh, kind of busted on the scene late. Let me tell you the most amazing thing about Leon. His junior year, he practiced. He was academically right. ineligible. He practiced and ran tailback on the scout team 
every single week, knowing that he was never going to get to play in a football game. And I've heard Coach Phelan say before, he he was our scout team player of the week every week. Well, and arguably the best running defense. back. Arguably yeah. the best running back that our defense saw probably all that year. Yeah, and I remember Joe telling me, "Oh, yeah, we got this guy, Leon Allen. You can wait, wait till you see him. Wait till you say, yeah, okay, Joe. You know, all right, Joe.'" And then all of a sudden, the senior year, there's Leon Allen, and he's just he's fantastic. And and now, I mean, I think he's I think he's just a junior. I think so. At Army, and you know, he's got an NFL body, Dennis. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's not in the NFL. Well, I think. You know, he he certainly is built like I don't know what he weighs right now. Uh, I think they list him around two thirty five. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. At that. <laughs> yeah. Cut all his hair off. Oh, oh, did he? Hey, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. No, but, he uh, he he was a man when he was in high school. Yeah. So Leon Allen had just a tremendous game, and it's just great to see Manatee players out there. Now he would have got a ton more publicity if it wasn't for the Wisconsin running back who had over four hundred yards. <laughs> You know, I mean, it just happens to be one of those weekends where you had two sensational efforts by running backs. So, yeah, we wanted uh, to throw that out there. And, uh, Gene, let's go ahead and get with uh, Johnny Lang. He can talk about how he used to watch Leon run. And um, that was when he was in eighth grade coming to all the Manatee games. Uh, they're, they're starting to chow down a little bit over there. Yeah, he got his wings. He got 230 wings tonight. <laughs> uh, get ready for Friday night. All right, Johnny, great game on Friday night. And uh, coming out, you know, going against uh, the team that knocked us out last year. I know you were a little banged up last year. How did it feel coming out this year being uh, healthy and excited to go against Fort Pierce? Um, I just, in my head, I just thought it was payback time. and I got to put it all on the field. What did you think when, uh, obviously, we went into halftime, we were hoping to be a little bit more ahead, or we should have been maybe a little bit more ahead, 14 to nothing, and came out, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, it was 14 to 14, and uh, what was the offense thinking at that point, obviously, coming back on the field? Um, we just can't let up. We just got to keep our foot on the gas and stick with what's working and keep it going, regardless of the situation we're in thought the offensive line did a good job, especially come out on that pass play, gave Sloan plenty of time and, and doing that. Offensive line seems to be picking up and obviously has done a good job all year, but seems to hopefully now be gelling a little bit more. Yes, I mean, they work hard like every day in practice, the weight room, and we just, we just building piece by piece and just putting everything together, and now it's showing on the field. Hey, Gene, I got a question for Johnny. Kind of walk us through that run, Johnny, uh, that that sealed the deal late in the game. It looked like uh, you were kind of straddling out of bounds uh, right on the far side in front of the Manatee bench. And, you know, what what was – obviously, they were trying to rip the ball from you. And, uh, I mean, it was an incredible run. Walk us through that or run us through that. Um, I really, I really can't run you through it. It's just <laughs> something that happened. You know, I just heard coaches say stay in balance. So I just tried my best to stay in balance, and I tried to cut back, and another guy hit me. I just kept my balance and balance on the sideline, and I just know one more guy slipped off, and I was just free to go. How many times have you watched that run? A couple. Um, I watched it like six, seven times. <laughs> Gets better every time, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was right in front of me, and I heard I, he's coming over towards the sidelines, and all I hear is. Stay in bounds, and it looked like you were going to kind of sit down a little bit. Next thing you know, somebody hit you, and you're going over, and the pile. They couldn't believe some of their running or their defensive backs were like, "What?" So that was a great run, and and just kind of energized 
the uh, the fans because our fans were a little bit nervous at that point, even though they knew we hopefully had the game. But uh, real quick, Davis, I watched the uh, Evans uh, Manatee game from 1990 last night on one of our sponsors, Bright House Sports, was rerunning it, and uh, watched a great running back, but you know, in Tyrone Williams over the years. But you're doing a good job, and keep up that because um, it's fun to watch it, but it's fun to be doing it. Yeah. All right, that's Johnny Lang, and uh, he just had a, yet, yet another sensational game. We're going to take a timeout, and we'll have the sack master coming up, Quanzie Jackson. When we come back, we're live at Beef O'Brady's. Welcome back to Hurricane Hotline, live from Beef O'Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton, with Dave Bristow and Manatee Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now at 877-969-8600. And now, here's Dave Bristow and coach John Booth. Thank you very much, and... Welcome back to Beefo Brady's. We're live here on this very, very chilly Tuesday evening. We're talking Manatee Hurricane football with head coach John Booth and assistant coach Dennis Stollard. We've already talked to Johnny Lang, our offensive player of the game, and we'll get with Quanzie Jackson here shortly. We're going to start segueing over to Vero Beach and kind of uh, break down their team. Uh, John, I'm sure you've watched a ton on film already of Vero and, you know, I've managed to watch a couple of their games and very solid team, undefeated, obviously, yep. so they're good. Oh, yeah, they're uh, yeah, definitely a solid team and uh, have a <clears throat> pretty explosive offense. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that I've been kind of saying all, you know, all week and, and at least these first couple of days um, is this is a team that uh, they don't quit, and they've been down in several of their games, and, and – uh, some of them have been pretty big leads, and uh, they've come back and, and ended up winning, you know, in the end. And so, uh, in fact, uh, Fort Pierce had them down 24 to 10, I think, going into the half, and at one point it was 17 to three. And so, uh, they've got a pretty explosive offense that uh, doesn't take very long to score. And so, we're going to have to we're going to have to execute and, and make sure we play all four quarters. Yeah, they like to throw the ball. Their quarterback also likes to run. Yep. And they were up on St. Pete by two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, St. Pete returns a kickoff for a touchdown. That was uh, reverse. St. Pete was up. Uh, St. Pete up St. by two. Pete was up right. by two. Right. And then, and Vero, and then Vero Right. And that cut it to one touchdown right. lead by St. Pete. Yep. And that was with about a minute to go in the third quarter. Right. So they, I mean, that game looked bleak, really. Yeah. Uh, down uh, by two scores. And they came roaring back. Well, they've got a they got a pretty special talent uh, at receiver. Uh, I think he's he's right at 99 catches on the season. Uh, he's he's their their kick return man as well. Uh, pretty explosive player though, and and uh, you know he's uh, one of those guys that if you can't uh, if you don't control him, he can make you pay, and and uh, he's he's been doing that uh, for him all season. Yeah, that his name is McGriff, right. and he's very very good. Uh, they, yeah, they they just have a very solid team. We saw them here last year, Dennis, and um, they gave us all we wanted in the first round last year. Well, like like John said, they've got a very talented kid back there running the ball back. And at this time of year, one of the things that I've noticed, I don't know if you picked up on this weekend, but just look at a couple of ball games. At this time of year, if you're not 
executing and you're not paying attention to detail in special teams, it'll get you beat because you can get away with things during the year when you're playing lesser opponents. But let's just uh, look at St. Pete. They went up and then they let a touchdown uh, on a kickoff return come back. And it, it, it's a huge momentum huge. swing when you do that. Look at Palmetto and Eve right. Lake and reading their story. They had two big special teams plays. They let a kickoff return come back and then had a block punt. And a little close to home, maybe, Dave, for you, but your Gators. <laughs> yeah. Look at the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, you've got to execute on special teams in the postseason. Can't get a field goal off, you can't get a punt off, and next right. thing you know, your coach is fired. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> and they do, they do some unique things. They have, they have that old formation called the swinging gate on PAT mm-hmm. after every touchdown that we had to be prepared for. They, they will reverse and fake reverse on kickoff return. Yeah, they do that reverse a lot. Right. So, and they want, and they'll fake reverse. And they like to get it in number five's hands, obviously. Yes. yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, okay, let's play the what if. Say, um, say that ball goes another two yards into the end zone, or what, three yards, whatever. It was close to being in the end zone. And they take it out to the 20. They have to go 80 yards down two touchdowns. Right. Uh, that just changes everything. Right. Everything. And who knows? We, we may be hosting St. Pete. Um, and not Vero Beach. So that's what, that's how things can turn on special teams, like you Statistically, said. Statistically, if a ball goes in the end zone in high school, the odds are somewhere around 1 out of 30 that a team will drive the ball downfield methodically and score. And that percentage goes down as you move forward, as you go to the 30-yard line, the 40-yard line. So it is crucial. One, one in th- what is it now? It's I'm going to use in, that. It's about one in thirty. <laughs> one in thirty. All right, I'm going to give you another statistic. Uh, this is for Gator fans to uh, make you even more ticked off than you already are. The chances that South Carolina was going to win that game when we were lining up for the field goal with a little over three minutes, one point four percent that South Carolina was going to win that game. Yeah. Yeah, and again, the next thing you know, Will Muschamp is in the unemployment line. So, uh, yeah, those things happen, and and again, it goes back to special teams. I mean, what are the chances that you're not going to get a field goal off, but then you're not going to get a punt off? Unbelievable. All right, we're going to go down now, and we have Gene Brown with uh, the Sackmaster. All right, well, congratulations on uh, 23 sacks so far. They're over here, and Big D's thinking some of those sacks should go towards him. But, uh, but he causes... Quanzi to have more sacks because it takes three or four guys to block him, but we're not thinking that. Quanzi's not the buying case. that, I don't think. Come on, baby, I'll go put me on the video. <laughs> What's his name? They're videoing him right now on on there. Put on the, but congratulations on doing uh, 23 sacks coming in. Um, obviously, you know it's been a great season so far, but going against this Vero Beach quarterback um, that's you know got a lot of yards in there. How do you feel this week? Will Kind of uh, the, the season has prepared you for this week. I feel like if we get pressure and everybody get their edge, we'll uh, get around the outside and keep them in the pocket because I know he can't run like that. He's not that quick, so we'll just make him throw it. Well, all year you've obviously put pressure on people, on other quarterbacks, and some of them are better runners. But, you know, the other night you did a great job against Fort Pierce, and, you know, their quarterback may have not had the best first half, but I think some of that was because of what our defensive line does is putting the pressure on them, and then when we did blitz, it really put more pressure as the game went on. 
Yeah, I think the uh, blitz really helped us out, like trying to get him out of the pocket. But we needed more people to contain him. And I sometimes I think I didn't do my job sometimes, but I think we could have did better second half. Great job, and keep up the good work, and just work hard, keep the defense fired up. Appreciate it. Yep, that's uh, Quincy Jackson with a great game, and Delvin Mays was our player of the game last week, and uh, he's having a good time here tonight. And, again, uh, when you've got a guy, we talked about it last week, John, like Delvin, that's such a a space eater in there, it it, it does free things up on the outside. Oh, absolutely, and it it really compresses that pocket. Quincy does such a great job of getting upfield and forcing those quarterbacks to step up, and when you don't have anywhere to move as a quarterback, that's that's pretty nerve-wracking. It's pretty tough. So uh, they, they complement each other pretty well. You know, what scares you the most about about Vero going into the game? Um, you know, they, offensively, do they scare you more than their defense does because their defense has allowed some points? Uh, probably. Um, you know, they, they're, they're definitely athletic on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they've shown that they're good enough to uh, – you know, to, to beat some really solid teams um, and, and keep them out of the end zone. Um, but, yeah, you know, number five, McGriff, uh, certainly uh, is, is somebody that we have to keep our eye on. Uh, and like I said, some you know, this they're, they're a team that, uh, you know, that doesn't give up and they keep fighting, and, and that's, a, that's a mark of a, of a, uh, a quality, uh, well-coached team uh, that's been there and done it before. Um, and so we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to make sure that we play all four quarters, execute like we're capable of doing, and um, you know, and, and make sure that we uh, that we do it in all three phases. Carter Stanley is our quarterback, and you know he's had a few rough patches this year. I was watching the Fort Pierce game, and listen to this. This was very strange because that game started on a Friday and ended on a Monday. They stopped it uh, after I think a little over a quarter, maybe late in the first quarter. But at the time, Fort Pierce was ahead 10-3, to and like you said, Fort Pierce extended that lead, but he threw a couple picks early, one for a touchdown. Right, yeah, and, you know, and, and, and those, you can't put a lot of stock in, into those types of situations because you get in, you, you know, you get these kids ready for Friday night, and they're, they're all amped up for, for a big yeah. rivalry game, and uh, then you kind of switch gears and you come back in on, on a Monday, um, and it just kind of changes routine, so... Um, you, you know, certainly something that, you know, we, we, we saw in film and, and something that, you know, we can, you know, kind of prepare, use that, prepare for and, and with. But, um, you know, he, there, there's no doubt he's going to be ready to go, and Barrow and, uh, Beach will be, will be prepared and ready to go as well. Yeah, I thought he did a great job shaking that off over the weekend. And he said yeah. he, he was quoted as saying that, hey, n- nothing this weekend, guys. He was the leader. He said, we're not going out. We're studying film. We're getting ready for the game on Monday. Right. So that showed a lot of leadership. Hey, let's go uh, through the playoffs now. As I said, we're down to 16 in 8A. And by the way, congratulations to Braden River. They're still in it. They knocked off Pinellas Park, and they will now play a familiar team to Manatee, Eastlake. Eastlake undefeated. We beat them in the kickoff classic, but they are undefeated in the regular season, and Braden River has another home game. Mm -hmm. So that'll be an interesting game Friday night. Let's uh, let's take a look at the north side of our bracket first. It's First Coast playing Lake Mary. Both teams undefeated, 11 and 0. They will play the winner of Apopka West Orange. Apopka 7 and 4. They played a very difficult schedule. West Orange is undefeated, 11 and 0. 
Then in our region, Dr. Phillips 11 and 0 plays Plant 10 and 1, and then of course we play Vero Beach. We're 10 and 1, Vero Beach 11 and 0. John, just amazing records in the north half of the brackets, right? A lot of good football teams there. What do you? I mean, your team, your old team, Bloomingdale. They gave Dr. Phillips all they wanted, and really, uh, if you if you read the accounts, had a great chance to win the game. Yeah, they did. They 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 turned the ball over uh, inside the uh, the thirty twice, and and won uh, at the end of the game with with a shot to uh, to win it. Um, you know, unfortunate for for them, but uh, you know when you're playing a, a team like Dr. Phillips and a good football team, you you got to make sure you take care of the football. Do you know much about uh, the teams up in the top? First Coast, Lake Mary, Popco, West Orange. Uh, just just from tradition and, and what they've done in years past, but uh, no doubt that they uh, are, are good football teams. Dennis, any surprises to you? It looks like the favorites basically have gone through the first round. I have seen uh, West Orange play against Apopka on TV. It was back early in the season. It was a rain, and Apopka got beat by a veto, while West Orange uh, beat Timber Creek. So we've got a runner-up playing, uh, and there were several runner-ups. But that's one of those things that that I really don't like about the way the FHSAA has the brackets. You you have to play your your district winner and runner-up in round two if it works out that way. Too soon. Yeah, Yeah. too soon. And it's hard to beat a team a second time. I wouldn't have a problem if you met them in the third round or afterwards. But. All right, quickly, let's take a look oh. at the bottom half in the south. We've got Wellington 10-1 and taking on Palm Beach Gardens 6-5. and Palm Beach Gardens lost to Vero Beach in a really, really shootout yep. by three points. Uh, they are 6-5. and They played a decent schedule. Monarch 10-1. and uh, That game was forfeited by Miramar. If you didn't hear, Miramar had some problems. And they didn't even play that game, so Monarch out of Coconut Creek advanced without even playing. They will take on Flanagan, Pembroke Pines Flanagan, kind of a surprise team this year. They are 11-0, and and they're nationally ranked in several polls. Uh, that should be a good football game. Coral Gables at 9-2 and will take on Miami Columbus 10-1, and and then Balin Jesuit 8-3 and will take on Killian 11-0. and If you just look at it, I would probably say the North is a little bit stronger overall, Dennis, of course, anything could happen. But what what's the one team that's surprisingly missing from the South? It's the defending champion, South Dade. Right. Yep. South Dade. Um, they. I don't even know that. Did they they're even? Not there. They, don't even, they didn't even make it. Yeah. They're not. They there. didn't even make it. They they got knocked out uh, in their district. So um, you know that that's what we have to deal with down the road. But of course, first things first, it will be Vero Beach. We're going to take our final timeout. And then we'll be back. We're going to extend the show just a few minutes because we signed on a little late. So we'll take our final break and be back live here at Beef O'Brady's right after this. WLSS, Sarasota. Welcome back to Hurricane Hotline, live from Beef O'Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton, with Dave Bristow and Manatee Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now at 877-969-8600. And now, here's Dave Bristow and coach John Booth. Thank you very much. We are back live at Beef O'Brady's for the 
final. Oh, we'll stick on for about five more minutes, and then we'll wrap it up as we are talking hurricane football. The Hurricanes take on the Vero Beach Indians Friday night at the friendly confines of Joe Canan Field at Hawkins Stadium. And we've talked to John about Vero and what to expect from that team. And I want to throw our last trivia question out. You know, if, in fact, we will win, when we do win Friday night, and we will be playing for a regional championship then the following Friday. And we had quite a run from 2009 to 2012. We won regional championships each and every year from 09 to 012. That streak was uh, stopped last year when Fort Pierce upset us. So I want to know who we beat in those years, 2009 through 2012. And you think you have to come up with four teams, but there's only two. Two teams we played during that time that we captured regional championships, 2009 to 2012. If you know, raise your hand and Gene will get to you. And I know Dennis knows, of course. And um, those were uh, that, that was just a great run because, John, I mean, you kind of aim for that regional championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's quite an accomplishment Absolutely. to get to there. Then, then you feel like, okay, you're, you're pretty close to where you really want to be. Well, then, yeah. I mean, now you've got some, some really good teams. And, and uh, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into to making a run to the state championship. And, and you know, staying healthy is, is part of it. And, and getting the right bounce sometimes is part of it. And so, you know, certainly set yourself up to uh, to be pretty successful if you can get to, you know, that regional final. You know, Vero Beach having to, to make that long trip over. We made it last year to Fort Pierce. Uh, how does that affect a team, John? I mean, I know you would very much, you know, if you had somebody saying, hey, where do you want to go? Well, you want you want to go home. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, staying at home is, yeah. is obviously, the, the you know, the, the best situation. Um, you know, but uh, if, if you're going to want to win it all, you're going to have to win on the road. And, uh you know, yeah, the the, the travel's tough. Uh, I want to say it's probably close to then it's probably three four hours yep. uh, drive, and and that that can take its toll on you. And uh, you know, it's kind of changing routine, and and you know, you have to leave a little early from school, and and uh, you know, but uh, you know, those are all things that uh, you know, if, if you want to get to the big dance, you're going to have to have to overcome, and and uh, you know, and that's something that certainly we've done. I know in years past as well. Dennis, uh, how do you think that the, the team's attitude is right now? Because you're you're one of the guys that have been around a long time. You've been through playoff runs. It it looks like this team is very businesslike. I think the word I would have to use to describe them is a a resiliency. I mean, you're talking about a bunch of kids that came through a coaching change, you know, with John and James coming in and and some uncertainty involved in that, and then we had some uncertainty during the year and some changes at the quarterback position offensively. And I think our team has continued to grow each week. You know, every team has its own personality. And I think one thing that goes toward chemistry, these guys really like each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a lot of fun together in, in our locker room. And that's not always the case. Sometimes on football teams you've got guys button heads over various things. But I see them. I see them really having a lot of fun together, and I think that goes a long way. And, and John, I think a lot of the credit has to go to the guy who just took off Johnny Lang because yeah. he, he seems like such a humble young man. Oh, very, very humble. And, and you know, any time that uh, 
you know, as Dennis was saying, you have some some things that come up, some adversity, and, and certainly uh, a coaching change as, as late as this one was can can be a pretty big one. Um, you know, and you have to rely on your seniors. You have to rely on on some of those key guys to to hold this thing together. And that's something that uh, that I talked to the team about um, after Venice and and how much that those guys have been through. Uh, but they said that that's not going to stop them from what their goals were, either personally or collectively as a team. They had something set out, you know, set out to to achieve and accomplish. Um, and uh, and those kids, man, they, they hung tough. And and I would agree that resiliency is is probably a great word. Um, you know, they they've they've seen the the ups and downs uh, in, in games and and how you respond to. To mistakes, how you respond to adversity, and, and uh, they've battled and, and kept fighting, and you know, and that's something I talk with with our leadership council uh, almost weekly. Is is you know, how's our locker room? How's ever you know, coach? Everything's great, Every, you know, and, and they you know, and we'll you know, after practice or something, they they they'll turn some music on and they're doing dance parties and dance contests well, or I've something, heard yeah, and stuff. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it is a it's a it's a fun group to be with, and and uh, you know, certainly uh, one that uh, you know, has, has, I've I've really enjoyed coaching this year. Well, the Hurricanes, of course, uh, the quest is to win the state championship, and another Hurricane team that we want to salute right now captured the state championship up in Kissimmee. The Lady Cane volleyball team. What a great accomplishment that was as they went up there and beat a nationally ranked Jupiter High School. And that's after falling in the first set and getting beat pretty badly in that first set, coming back and winning. Uh, just a great accomplishment, John. And, you know, uh, I'm sure you've told your football team, hey, we need to follow in their shoes. Now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, and the neat thing is um, how many, uh, you know, uh, seniors they had they had one senior yeah. on that team and and uh, so they've got a, a lot of young players and uh look forward to seeing what they can do next year too all right that's going to wrap up our show we went a little long tonight because uh we were uh off the air for just a few minutes and uh guys uh closing thoughts uh this is it man we'll get it cut to the elite eight after this week that's a one game season we'll take uh take it for what it is and we've got to execute but we're looking forward to the challenge and uh, look forward to a great game dennis good luck friday night Thank you very much, Dave. Uh, all right, I want to thank everyone involved in tonight's broadcast. Ace Andrews back at the WLSS studios doing a great job. Our players of the game, Johnny Lang and Quanzi Jackson. For Gene Brown, Danny Carter, this is Dave Bristow. We'll be on the air Friday night at 7 o'clock with a 7.30 kickoff. Manatee and Vero Beach. Until then, so long, everyone. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.